Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos have a very strict dress code? It's long pants, no hat, tits out, earmuffs optional. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That's exactly how I've seen every armadillo dress. That's why we're dressed right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. For more armadillo facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. <laughs> Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 3 through 8 of The Gathering Storm, book 12 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, we catch up with some side characters, several of whom get ambushed and killed. Handless Rand, that's what I'm going to start calling him. Handless Rand. Not Randless. Randless Handless. Handless sure, Randless. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like one hand Rand. Man with one hand. One, one hand Rand. Man with one hand. Yeah. Either way, he's having a pretty bad day with no response from Tuon, his head wizard giving him the cold shoulder, and his forsaken hostage being generally uncooperative. What's a dragon to do? Egwene's <laughs> dinner with Elida is illuminating as she realizes just how gone aligned Elida is, and she decides to redirect her effort to re- repairing the tower before the end of the world. Chapter 3 The Ways of Honor. Icon of the Aiel. So, Avienda and some scouts are observing some Aradamani refugees. This is our first Avienda chapter in ages and ages. Have we ever had one before? I, I think we must have, but I can't. I think, I think we must have had like a riding along with Rand and thinking how much she hates him kind of chapter uh, early no, on. No, I think it was like a hanging out with Elaine and thinking like. Elaine's all right for a shitty wetlander. <laughs> yeah, Which there's... is ironic, because that's literally exactly what she's thinking about here, too. She's <laughs> like, man, the wetlanders suck ass, but Elaine's all right. <laughs> yeah, there was hanging out with Elaine, and then there were some chapters when the wise ones were giving her training, slash verbally abusing oh, her yeah, the entire yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. So you know what it is? Avienda only likes red-headed wetlanders. Oh, that 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 actually... I mean, do, have we met any I mean, other red... Tracks. Yeah. yeah. She hasn't met more gays yet, but... She'd probably like her. Actually, does she? Do we know if she likes anybody besides Elaine and kind of Rand? She respects mm-hmm. some of the wise ones. Yeah, respects them. That's yeah, true. But does not like them, though. Uh, she does have a, kind of a dilemma on her hands, though. She has this like idea that she can't marry Rand until she unravels this why she's well, in trouble, right? Oh, this yeah. was infuriating. This is so annoying because she she can't marry Rand until she's a wise one because that would dishonor him or whatever. Yeah, according to Aiel rules. Sure. And she can't be a wise one, dot, dot, dot. Doesn't yeah. know why. They yeah. just keep punishing her. And she can't ask. It's, it's, it, it's yeah. worse to ask. It's not. She can't ask. She won't ask. Yeah, it's shameful. It's yeah. more shameful to ask because you're supposed to just know oh. what you did wrong. Yeah. I just like had a, uh, I don't know, like a visceral reaction to this because that's such like a an unhealthy relationship, right? When uh-huh. the other yeah. person's angry at you, but they won't tell you why. Yeah, it's like... You a, should know why I'm angry at you. It's like, yeah. Just talk to me. It's like, it's it's kind of like abuse, but she's like internalized the abuse in her own head, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but you know what I think it is? Hmm. I think that it's one of those things where she's already qualified to be a wise one. She just doesn't realize it yet. So to. they're all like, we're punishing you until you realize you don't have to be an apprentice anymore. I thought maybe it was actually like a... a, a, a Distancing. Okay, so I'm trying to think how to say this. So she, the reason they originally sent her to hang out with Rand is to tie him to the Aiel, right? Yeah. So I, I think that it could be that they're concerned that she's disconnected from her Aiel. 
Which would kind of help explain why they brought her back from hanging out with Elaine and Andor. And they keep asking about how she feels about Rand and all these things. That's my theory, but I, I think yours makes sense too. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Avienda is kind of into frilly silks and laces now, right? Yeah. So, but but I guess if she stops being you know so hardcore Aiel, then that defeats the purpose of her. You know. Right. Yeah. But they just keep punishing her over and over and over again, and she won't ask why, and maybe they wouldn't tell her if she asked or something. Yeah. And they're giving her worse and worse and more pointless punishments. Yeah, so anyway, she's with Ruarks and Bale, who have a bunch of Aiel in Arad Doman, and they're tasked to restore order there, um, which does not compute for them. Like, restore order, like, that, that doesn't make any sense to us. We don't know what to do. Here. Yeah, this is an interesting problem, right? Like, the Aiel... They're really, they're like super soldiers, right? They're this like, this race of genetically engineered killing machines. But like, bringing peace to a divided nation is not exactly in their like, skill set, right? Okay, so something occurred to me in these chapters. Remember, we've, I've talked a lot about how I think that the, Robert Jordan's vision of war was informed by Vietnam, right? Yeah. I think this is, well, this, who knows how much of this came from Jordan, how much came from Sanderson, but this sounds a lot more like the Afghanistan war. Like the, the modern wars, where like an army that's really good at killing people is sent in to do basically policing operations, and they suck at it. And yeah. it's terrible for everybody involved. Yeah. That's what this kind of feels like to me. It, that's, that's kind of what's happening, right? And, they're, and the, the Aiel are telling Rand, like, we don't know how to do this. Like, you know, you want us to sneak in and stab him in the face, we could totally do that. But like, you know, setting up a, a power structure that will be stable, like we, we have no idea how to do that. We're a bunch of nomads. Yeah. And, and so anyway... Uh, like you said, uh, Avienda is having some Aiel girl talk with Amis. It's it's kind of it's weird. It almost fe- like to me, it almost feels like a an, a job interview or something. Like, what kind of tree would you be? Trick question. It's, <laughs> we don't have trees in the waste. You should be a blood snake. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of a weird a weird array of questions. Yeah, and then they kind of go into the 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 girl talk relationship stuff, where she's like, "Hey, you're gonna marry that dragon? Right. Put a ring on that dragon, D." Yeah, and Avienda's like, yeah, I know with 100% certainty that I'm going to have his babies because of the prophecy. Yeah. And Amis is like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question answered. <laughs> well, then she's also like, but what about that other girl who's, uh, you know, also going to hook it up? She's like, I, I, yeah, we'll, I, I don't know. We'll how, work it we'll, out. We'll be, it's TBD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, that's it for them. It's chapter four, Nightfall. I can have the wheel of time. God, nothing happened in that chapter, did it? Yeah, they just walked around. It was, yeah. a, it, uh, okay, so... We've seen these before, right? These are walking around camp thinking chapters. Why, there's, yeah, we're getting back into the swing of things here. <laughs> I was like, these are, like, I know that this was a, parts of this were written by Robert Jordan and parts of this were written by Brandon Sanderson, but I do wonder <laughs> if we can tell which parts were written by Robert Jordan just based yeah. on I that. wonder, it also, this is also a recap chapter, which I think is a reason Robert Jordan does a lot of those walking around and thinking uh, chapters is because you have to, like, Okay, this is who this person is, and this is why they're here, and this is what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what happens here. This is who Avienda is. This is where what her position is. This is what she wants. Mm-hmm. And then chapter over. Yeah. So hopefully that's just like setting up the later chapters with Avienda, where more stuff happens. Anyway, chapter four, Nightfall, Icon like of the Wheel of Time. Gawain is hanging out, uh, doing the same thing as Avienda, just watching some other people. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's hiding, right? So yeah. I guess Gareth Bryan's... Searching for him specifically, right, yeah, his people, because he's, he's harrying Gareth Bryan's army. Yeah, he thinks to himself about like this. Speaking of eye rolly things, right? I was reading this, and he's thinking to himself about how he keeps ending up fighting against his mentors. Right? He's <laughs> yeah. Like you know, all these men that that I respect, 
they just keep ending up on the other side of the war I'm in, you know? Yeah, you know, good men. Men, yeah. men who always seem like they make good decisions. And, and also, usually on the right side of things. And also Elaine and Egwene, these, these people that I, I love and respect, they're also on the other side of this conflict. Yeah, I'm so torn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you ever stop to wonder, Egwene, if yeah, he, he maybe, just maybe you're a bad guy. He, like, he, he briefly yeah. thinks, like, Elaine, Elaine's probably back in Andor doing her duty. You know, where my duty is, too. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, it's so frustrating. Yeah. 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 I miss ha- Hammer. Hamar. Hamar, yeah. Yeah. Hamar Gaiden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but go in, kill them. Fucking go in. And uh, he, he, in particular, does not like working for Elida. And yeah. He's like, I'm pretty sure Elida's trying to get me killed, that, and I also hate her. That's the other thing, right? He's like, you know, it's, it's weird that the, the Amarlin sent 300 kids against our, an army of 50,000 soldiers. And, okay, despite what the documentary film Red Dawn has taught us, that typically doesn't actually go very well. That, that's, on paper, that looks a lot like a suicide mission, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I mean, Gwen has actually managed to keep them alive so far. Uh, yeah, he's doing a good job, I suppose. Yeah, but he can't, feel, he can't help but feel a little bit like maybe Elida isn't super concerned with their well-being. <laughs> Indeed. He's yeah. starting to get a, a feeling. So yeah. he's, uh, he's in turmoil. You know, he's found it really hard to square what he should do, you know, with all these... Conflicting opinions, like all the people I like are on one side and all the people I hate are on the other side. So what do I do? Well, no, I guess I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, so he decides to head back to Dorlan where his Aes Sedai bosses are. Maybe they can help him straighten this out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, well, those are problems for someone much wiser than me. Like these Aes Sedai that I'm going to go get orders from. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Chapter 5, A Tale of Blood. Back into the sea folk. Uh, so Rand um, walks through his camp and thinks about. This. I know. I, I wrote it down. I was like, "Is this an uh, is this an, an RJ fingerprint right here?" Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's, it's classic. Yeah, we're early on in the book. It's I'm true. sure it'll be fine. It's true. No, I mean, I, I I think that even with that, there's there's still a lot of stuff happening. But it is kind of funny that they're just walking through camp, yeah. in chapters. You know, uh, he gets a message from Darlin and Tyr, who has got his army ready, ready to go, and uh, and. That's, that's it. And Bran says, keep waiting. Wait faster. <laughs> and then, uh, what's her name? Harim, yeah. Harim, the Seafolk ambassador, comes to meet him. And yeah. he's very impatient that the Seafolk start doing the deliveries of food, which they haven't done yet. Uh, right. Because the Shanchen are in the way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't worry about it. And they're like, but they, they, you know, they, they blow up our boats and kill our people. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. And he's like, you're bringing me problems. I want solutions. I, you know who it reminded me of? Hmm. Elida. Oh yeah, yeah. He's Rand has gotten pretty tyrannical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not not in like a good Iron Man solving the world's problem way, but it's kind of like a bad way. I mean, yeah. it's good. Like from his perspective, he's just like, I don't have time to do any. I don't have time to explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. I just know what I have to do. You know, which yeah. you know is his justification. But you're totally right. It's very very uh, tyrannical. Right. So he trades a question with Harim, which is, this is pretty cool, actually. The old Rand would not have been able to do this. But he, he wants to get some information for her, and he, he offers to trade her the answer to a question for an answer to his question. Which oh, is that total, was a rough question. Uh, it's, yeah. It's like a sea folky thing to do, right? Yeah. Oh, no, I think she no. means the question that he had, the answer to his question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what do you do with the men that can channel? Yeah. And oh. yeah, either oh, they jump off ships or we leave them on an island. Yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah, either you drown yourself or you starve to death or die. I, yeah. More likely die of thirst. You usually die of thirst before you starve. And that's yeah. pretty similar to what everybody else does with them, right? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose it is. I guess it's just more disturbing to me when it involves like water. Mm, like yeah. drowning. I don't know. Yeah. It, it is not a very pleasant way to go, as I understand it. But, yeah. uh, and Rand's like, you know we don't have to do that anymore, right? And Harine's like, 
we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody believes him actually about that. I know. I'm yeah. wondering how he's going to prove that. Yeah, this is a really like he Rand recognizes this problem, right? So how do you convince the world that male channelers are now safe when the only ones who can really confirm it are male channelers? <laughs> this is a problem, right? I think that they have the key in these bonds that all the border bonds that are being formed because yeah. mm-hmm. apparently the Aes Sedai who are bonded to these male channelers can sense that they're, that it's not there anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. And hopefully that'll, that'll make some progress. But even with that, they, like they've got literally thousands of years, like it's, it's over a thousand years. What, like 3,000 years. Yeah. 3,000 years of ingrained, you know, prejudice to work against, which is yeah. wild. And I think Rand himself probably isn't doing a great job of convincing people that male channelers are not crazy. I mean, he just mutters to himself a whole lot and like look, yells look, at himself. Th- yeah, yeah. yeah. Changes personality around periodically. <laughs> the personality in his head is totally unrelated to the corruption of sight. That's that's a different problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a legit insanity that he got from a from a good old fashioned two rivers past life. <laughs> oh, but I guess he's not from the two rivers or his bloodline is not two rivers blood anyway. Right. Wait, we, we, did we ever know who his dad was, his real dad? Yeah, it was, it was a, a clan chief that, okay, because Tigraine, Tigraine became was his a, mom and she went out, went into the, a wave, maiden. Yeah, yeah, and then gave up the spear and had a baby with a, a guy that was a clan chief, he had a name. Okay. But yeah, no, no, we didn't know a lot about him except that, you know, he was supposed to be. He was just a clan chief. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's not important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did, but he was, yeah. We know that, do we know that Tigraine is dead? I think she didn't. She die giving birth. She, to him? Yeah, she died oh, on, okay. on on Dragon, Dragon Mount. Mount. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, because I know that uh, you know the Spear Sisters have to abandon their children. That's like the whole thing, right? But uh, it's true. Yeah, good question. I I I think she's pretty conclusively dead. Yeah, I, I'm sure she must be. I like we would have heard from her at some point. I think Tam would have mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's. I'm sure she's dead. And then she got up and ran away like a deer. Yeah, that was it. Never saw her again. So Rand spent some time thinking about how he's so much less free than the camp followers that follow him around because the, the burdens of duty are tied to him, which is BS. <laughs> so BS. Yeah, it's like this, is free will even a thing thing? You know, yeah, every... Yeah, every well, like, who's more free? The dragon reborn, the emperor of the world, or the camp followers that are like, don't know where they get their next meal's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, He's I, like, they could just ride away. They could just, you know, take their big pile of gold and put it in their pockets and ride away and live on that. Why don't they do that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's mistaking his sense of duty for like a lack of free will. Like he could, he could literally do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, like the world would suffer and you know, he'd have that sitting on his conscience, but that is a choice that he can make anytime. Yeah. yeah. I, I, this threw me for a loop because I think this is not something that Robert Jordan would have written. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got uh, all of his kind of... He's got some eye-rolly, you know, military fantasy tropes. But they are always like... The, the effete lord doesn't have the, the gumption of the low-born, like, hard-working, you know, blue-collar guy in the mm-hmm. army, right? You know, the, the, the lords in Matt's army, the lords that were, like, fancy guys, they all suck. And the lords that all came up through the ranks are all awesome. He's, he's yeah, but I feel I feel like he's I feel like even before this book there was Rand like oh I, you know like th- this is not a new well, sentiment right specifically the idea that poor people uh, have more freedom have more freedom than yeah. rich people do okay mm-hmm. maybe yeah I don't know I think he was just trying uh, Brandon Sanderson was just trying to continue the whole death is lighter than a feather duty heavier than a mountain thing yeah he's burdened with leadership so anyway uh, Ruark and Bale are back. 
So he goes to meet him. Yeah, time to rack a rod divan or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so when we check in with Kat Swain and her cronies, who are utterly failing to interrogate Samir Haj. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. So if Ruark is there, that means Avienda is there, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that means Min and Avienda are going to be hatching out their uh, differences sooner rather than later, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to work out an arrangement. I suppose they must. Tuesday, Thursday kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... So the, the, the interrogation of Samir Haji is not working at all. Yeah, they, they've got her hung upside down, uh, and, and they're like, tell us what you know, and Samir Haji is just busy monologuing about how you can replace a person's blood with various liquids, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay, whoa. Like, I, do you guys think that Rand made these directions about Samir because of his hang-up about harming any woman? Or do you think he's trying to distract Cad Swain and them? Because, I mean, surely he knows it's going to be completely pointless, they're, well, the way they're going about it, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know. If it's the first, if it's his hang-ups, then I think this is a really dumb thing that he's doing. To yeah. me, that's exactly what it is. If it's the second, then that's very clever, actually. I didn't think that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would love if Rain were that clever, but he doesn't. that doesn't feel like something that would occur to him. And I think, he's like, I think I even in I his... I don't want to kill Cat Swain myself. I'm just going to make her hang out with Samir Hodge for a while, and eventually... <laughs> it's going to sort itself out. Problem yeah. solved. I, mean, I didn't kill her. Put, put two people who need to be distracted in a room together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. With an impossible task. Solve one problem with another. Yeah, yeah my, my read is that it's it's Rand's uh, hang-up about... Because I think he even thinks to himself, oh, I, I can't let another woman... Even if Forsaken, I can't let her you know, come to harm under my watch or something. You know, something like that. Yeah. I think he's using Cat Swain as a, as a uh, guard, a prison guard. Huh? Well, I mean, that if there's someone that's going to do it, it should be her, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. She's yeah. one of the, the, the ones least likely to be, uh, in, you know, whatever, subverted by... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of torture. I, I don't think it would work. I don't think it works in general, and I don't think it would work specifically on Samir Haj, who's like a, you know, millennia-old expert in torture murder wizard. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's literally exactly the same conclusion that Cat Swain yeah. comes to, which I thought was I thought that was kind of interesting. She's like, look, Samiraj is a, an expert in pain, right? So torturing her isn't the way to approach it. So she's got to come up with right. another approach. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's this bit here where Cat Swain is like, you know, Samiraj is like ancient and, and totally self-centered and she's not motivated by things that mere mortals are motivated. You know, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> How would you torture me? Yeah, yeah. I, I was, yeah. What, so, yeah, I was like, is it bribery? Like, you know, hey, put her in a dark room for a while and say, hey, we can start adding uh, luxuries to your life if you. We can give you people to torture. I don't know, maybe not that. You but, gotta. You have to make her see an angle, and yeah. you have to make her think that she has some advantage to be gained by helping you. Yeah, yeah. which is hard when you when she works for yeah. the you know a god. It did happen to Asmodian. Remember that is true, but Asmodian. Asmodian was never... He was like forsaken light. Yeah, yeah. He, he was never super committed to the cause, you know, where yeah. Simraj feels like she's kind of into it, you know? That's true. But what they did, right, Lanfear did it. Lan- Lanfear basically burned him and, and said that... And made all the other forsaken think that he had turned coat. And so he had to turn coat. That's a good point. So I suppose something like that would work. I don't know what's going to work. I don't know what's going to break her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think trial and execution would be the way to go. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely where it should end up, but I don't know if... I think Rand wouldn't agree to it. Well, after a trial, why not, right? No, because women. Oh, yeah, women. Except for that one woman who he killed and then, like, lined her corpse up. That was oh, yeah. before. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, long, it's got me at least yeah. months. <laughs> Chapter 6, When Iron Melts. Icon of the web? It's the age of lace breaking. Or oh. the lace's age breaking. I looked it up. Oh, I did Thank not you. know that. The, yeah, yeah I, I, 
I've noticed that there are a bunch of new icons mm -hmm. uh, in these chapters that I have never seen before. So yeah, a lot thank of you for that. I googled that. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So Rodel Iteralde is hanging out in the battlefield where he just massacred all those Shan Shan. Yeah. So this is kind of crazy, right? Like, the, like he had I think something like fifty thousand, and they had something like one hundred fifty thousand, and they had artillery in the form of yeah, uh, Demane. Right, yeah, but he outmaneuvered them and just slaughtered them, the mass of them. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of unbelievable. He had he major losses himself, but still, this is a, a utter bloodbath. Yeah, uh, and I, and I, yeah, I, I think he said he lost something like half of his yeah. force. So that's pretty pretty horrible. And he, he meets with the dying Shanshan commander, mm -hmm. who is that guy Turan. I think we've heard of him. Yeah, they, they have kind of a cool exchange. They yeah. do, even though it felt a little bit like the the bad guy revealing all his dastardly plans because the good guy is about to be executed or something. That is. And this is how I did it. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was cool. Yeah, it, was, it was logical. Yeah. yeah, like the two chess masters meeting at the end of the match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm... It's hard. It's really hard not to start liking Rodelli Teralde. I, I hope he. I hope he joins up with uh, with Rand, though. I don't uh, know how so, that's going to work. Why do you say that? Because this chapter is the first time I stopped liking him. Oh, really? Why is that? Why? Because the justification he gets. The, the guy who dies is like, you know, you can't win. And Teralde's like, yeah, I know I can't win, but we, should, we have to fight for the honor of it, which is like a totally Confederate uh, point of view, right? He's like, I know we're going to lose, and all my people are going to die, and this is going to cause all sorts of bloodshed everywhere, and I'm not going to accomplish anything, but in a hundred years, the South shall rise again. Mm. Well, I, that's not... I, I get what you're saying, but that's not exactly my interpretation. I think the way he... The, the way that I read it, he was basically saying, like, this... This, like... Th this will... This will be the like the galvanizing story that they tell our kids or something, our kids' kids that that will otherwise it won't be a rebellion. But this right. is like the, well, yeah, it's, it's a lost cause. Yeah, it is. It and is. Uh, actually I, a lost this cause. is actually the second thing that I, I mean, I hate to to put words in anybody's mouth, but I don't think Robert Jordan would have written it like this. Oh yeah, because I, I it, Robert Jordan says all the time, like he's constantly saying things like a bunch of guys died for an Foolish idea. Foolish reasons. Yeah, for mm -hmm. all, like all men, you know, what do you say? Like men at wars where men fight, men fight fools. Fools fight fools for foolish reasons. Exactly, yeah. That's that's the Robert Jordan outlook. Yeah. So this idea of a, a lost battle being still noble, that just really jarred me. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, that That is uh, interesting. I yeah. agree. Uh, yeah. Also, I want to point out that they are both sword masters. Yeah. Right. You're right. They would lose, but their children would always know that their fathers had resisted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, okay, so having said all that, when the general asked, why do you still resist? And he says, why does a crow fly? That was baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the, the does the guy solid and, and kills him with his own sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, an honorable death or something, 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 I guess. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it, it is cool. It's cool. Right? Yeah. That stuff is neat. Yeah. And then we cut to uh, Liang, who is being visited by Egwene. Uh, when all of a sudden, melting room trap. Yeah. yeah, but you know what this reminded me of the first? Mm -hmm. Remember how Egwene used to go hang out with Pat and Fane? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, in the cells, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and the, the, the floor melts and the bars melt like wax. Even oh, though it's not yeah, hot. there's no heat. It's just everything just turns to liquid. Like, oh, my God, the still, description. Yeah. 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 It's very scary. Yeah. Iron barely makes it out with Egwene's help. And yeah. then her dress 
turns into stone? Oh, no, no. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's it, essentially what happens is the, the liquid regains its natural property. So all of the dripping drip oh. stone suddenly became stone again. And, oh, okay. And she had it on her dress. It was yeah. really Oof. weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wacky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. God, uh, and doesn't Egwene say, God, I wish I'd written it down. Doesn't she say something amazing? Yeah. These sort of events are more frequent, Egwene said, calmly glancing at the two yellows. The dark one is getting stronger. The last battle approaches. What is your Omerlin doing about it? (laughs) Boom! God, she's just being stone cold cold badass right now. Yep. And then as she's heading back to her novice chambers, she's surprised because the the tower has been rearranged and the brown Aja's chambers are where the novice chambers are. And all the brown sisters were there and they didn't notice it happening. Until she pointed out the window and was like, is that what you're used to seeing? And they all have heart attacks. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is, this is pretty crazy. Like, like this, to me, this is the kind of thing where I would be like horrified because like, this means that like the big pieces are moving with people in them and... You might just end up somewhere else. Are these the same people? Are you in a different dimension? Like you don't know, right? Mm. Yeah. This is this is kind of nightmarish stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, well, like, did, did it edit their memories? They still remember going in the the door that they originally did, or has it changed the timeline? Yeah. Yeah. Know, wacky. Could you get moved into a wall? I think we talked about what if you get moved into a place with no end exits? Do you just die there? I guess you do. Yeah. Yeah. Or hopefully it happens again, right? You just wait around, <laughs> get lucky. And then, uh, I mean, I'm trying not to turn this into the podcast where I talk about how much I hate Brandon Sanderson's writing, but there's a line in there where at the Brown Aja's quarters are now divided by the novice's quarter, which is in between them, and Egwene thinks, a division aptly representative of the less visible divisions of the Aja's we're suffering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the metaphor. <laughs> Thank you for telling us what the metaphor is. It's, that's, that's, that's a real quote. So much hate. That's, that's a bad line. <laughs> I mean, she's... I mean, the symbolism is there. That's solid. But then you just like... And by the way, Brandon Sanderson says, looking at the camera, this is what it means. (laughs) Brandon Sanderson does a lot more explaining than Robert Jordan does. But we spent a a fair amount of time bitching about how Robert Jordan was too vague at times. That's a good point. Yeah. So, there's a happy medium somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's everyone's... It's George R. R. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. But everyone's just going to sort of live with this uh, new arrangement now, which is a mess, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Chapter 7. The plan for Arad Doman. Icon of Cat Swain? Yeah, it's Cat Swain's hair things. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Like these new icons. Yeah. So, Nynaeve... <laughs> Sorry, Brandon Sanderson like, went to the editors and was like, guys... Guys, come on. You can't just keep using the fucking Wheel of Time icon over and over. Give <laughs> yeah. me something new. It'll take you like 10 minutes to design. Yeah, the guy cranks out books and he cranks out icons. There you go. <laughs> so Nynaeve feels that a storm is coming. I know, this is like very on brand for Nynaeve. Yeah, like I thinking know. about storms. Of course she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a storm coming. Oh, yeah, we get it, Nynaeve. No, no. A different kind of storm. All right. All right. <laughs> a metaphorical storm. Yeah. Uh, she's and also doing Aes Sedai correspondence courses. Yeah. <laughs> She's being a little bit of a bad sport about it, though. Right, yeah. I mean, this, this is what it takes to be an Aes Sedai. you got to learn these dumb weaves. Yeah. So learn them. It's, t- it's not like it's taking a lot of your time. No, in fact, she's a very good at it. She picks them up almost immediately and apparently memorizes them really well. Yeah. You know, she's she, good at it. She also mentions in passing that Cat Swain has the remote control, Terran Griol, the most po- powerful one in the world or whatever. Yes. We need that. Did we know that? I, yeah. yeah. Well, that's terrible. You can't she, get to her. She she has the male one. The 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 one for women is melted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she she does she can't actually use it. Well, still she shouldn't have it. Uh, probably not. No. But you yeah, know who should? 
I think maybe they just seem to destroy that shit. No, okay, maybe not Rand. Yeah, Logan. Maybe Logan. He seems. Well, we don't know. We haven't watched seen enough of Logan to know what's going on with him. Fuck! If that shit's Gareth Bryan, he's like the most stable one there. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah. if if it's not a Chandler, if it has to be a Chandler, Dahmer Flynn. I like Dahmer Flynn. You know, the the healer guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The old healer guy. Yeah. Uh, all he's concerned about is being the best healer he can be. Think what he could do with a, a you know, tarometer on the side of he the side heal of the, the whole world. He could heal <laughs> the whole world. He could stop death, maybe. <laughs> Speaking of so, healing, yeah. So she, it's a, I think there's a nice exchange here where Nynaeve offers to heal Daigian's uh, magic grief from her warder dying. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and Daigian, Daigian is like, no, no, the grief is like part of life. You know, it's part of it's part of the, well, the relationship that we had. Yeah. And Nynaeve's like, yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Get that. And then, oh, but then the next part, actually, like, I was, Nynaeve calls the bullshit, stupid Aes Sedai dick measuring thing, mm-hmm. like, out for everyone. I was like, right. thank you. Thank yes. you. She's like, isn't it dumb that you, Daigian, because you're so weak, are, are, have to sit here and train, give the crap work of training me, uh, because you're just low on the totem pole because you were born with low, low power level. When, mm-hmm. when she knows, like, she's got more knowledge and experience than, you know, almost yeah. anyone because she's like an ancient Aes Sedai, right? Yeah. She's, doesn't happen to have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be surpassing you any minute now. Yeah. Once I get accepted. And that's, and that's, that's why we keep Nynaeve around. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but either way, her, both her lessons and her subversive speech <laughs> are, uh, interrupted by her catching sight of Cad Swain power walking, I guess. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I better be there first, wherever she's going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but she's totally right. <laughs> it's just yeah. going down. Yep. And she heads to meet Rand, because Rand is meeting with Ruark and Bale, who are back. Yes. Um, she is worried that Rand is starting to become tyrannical, which I guess he is, sort of. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's interesting seeing this chapter, for because it's you know very much Chinese perspective, and she still sees him as the sheep herder from, from the two rivers, which is why she's important. I think that's why Rand keeps her around and, and sort of trusts her because she doesn't see him as the dragon reward. She's like very, uh, she's stabilizing maybe yeah. or, or she's close to him. Yeah. In a way that people can't get close she, to him. She now. grounds him in a way. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it's just seeing things from her perspective. She, you're right. Like she's like, she sees like a hardness in, in him. that's like getting to be a bit of a problem. Yeah. Uh, and Nynaeve wants to still Semir Haj because mm-hmm. of what happened with Mogedian. And she's right, you know, and who she is she's right. like the world's expert on how to deal with Forsaken, right? Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean <laughs> she has got a she's gotta kill us. The only person with a higher Forsaken tally is Rand, I think, right? That's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who do you think is there anybody who has a stronger moral compass than Nynaeve? Hmm. Oh, probably Gareth Bryan. Uh, I don't know. Anybody who's military, I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, he's he's very practical. Yeah, that's true. But he's also like fighting this war because he felt he got a crush on this girl he met. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, maybe not. Maybe Nynaeve is is the well, she she certainly uh, has maintained her orientation without much wavering. Yeah, and without any sort of cultural honor code of any sort to dictate her because like Lan is very honorable but he's doing it for you know because of the Malkyrie honor code and I think Nynaeve is just at heart a very strong just person yeah that's the one of the things she brings to the table yeah yeah so Rand grills Ruark and Bale rudely yeah he's like shitting all over Ruark for not having sorted out already which are 
big words for a dude who just got his hand blasted off. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> uh, he's, he's given them to what to me seems like a pretty ridiculous task. And, yeah, like and, they, they're telling him, we don't know how to do this. And he's like, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so Cat Swain's like, dude. And Roark's like, bro. And Rand's like, my bad, bro. And Roark's like, you're good, dude. <laughs> yeah. I want to I want to mark this out as I believe the first moment where Cat Swain does something even marginally useful by which is, by reining him in when yeah. he's, he's he's being a dick to his his allies. Yeah, that is even though she does it in the most bad possible way and make him look bad in front of everybody. I I know that uh, I, I I mean I dislike her and I and her methods are awful, but like I really do believe that she. Her her intent is to prevent Rand from becoming like a a, a a murder monster or whatever, right? Well, yeah, that's what we knew, right? That was why somebody didn't kill Catswain or why Catswain didn't kill. Somebody. Oh, Viren, why Viren didn't poison Catswain? That oh, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the tea scene. Oh man, that was, uh-huh. <laughs> that was tense. You may want to toss that tea out. I think it's gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I still don't trust Catswain. I don't think you should, Mm-mm. but I do. I think her heart's in the right place, but I don't think that I, I do not think that would prevent her from doing some horrible things. Yeah. And at least the way it was written this time, she when she told him off, it wasn't like remember oh the last book that infuriating thing where she was like counting every time he did something naughty, yeah, and she, like humming or some shit. Oh, that was so infuriating. And she spanked him, yeah, yeah, with the with the one power right in front of people. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh. So this this, this, this was not, much better the yeah, way she did it this time. That. Yeah. I, I think she was. Uh, only, only a few steps over the line, and she was totally right this time. Yeah. yeah. So once they get all that uh, that settled down, they get to business, and right. and Rourke says this place is way too messed up. We can't we can't fix it, and so Rand comes up with an actual plan to fix it. Right. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this seems pretty brilliant, yeah. right? Like, like the I- peacekeeping forces take over the coastal cities, kill all the bandits around, go get all the uh, the ruling council in one place. So that Rain can like put a power structure in place, and and Rourke's like, how are we supposed to get the ruling council? And Rain's like, you know, the Aiel way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you stealth in there and and kick some butts and take them out. You know. Yeah. And Rand is totally clocked that Grendel is here. Yeah. Which yeah. she is, right? He's right. He's like, yeah, this is totally like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, she's and he, he's like, she's probably up in a in a a nice place in the mountains that like, you know, not the palace. That's not her style, but a really nice place. Yeah. It's like, yep. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. He did. And Avian is just hanging around. I'm surprised we haven't gotten any sort of acknowledgement of the two of them being in the same place together yet. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe it happened off camera. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's coming up. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Something they, has to happen. They literally just arrived. So it could be the situation where, well, Avian is in a weird place right now anyway, right? Where she, sure. because of this whole honor thing, she doesn't feel like she can talk to him probably mm-hmm. or she she shouldn't talk to him because she's an apprentice and whatever you know so it could be that this is just how things are right now yeah and uh the, the remaining problem is rodel iteralde the wolf uh which Rand is going to deal with personally whatever that means mm. yeah yeah uh hopefully it means he's gonna go like you know recruit him yeah make buddies with him yeah be friends this guy have as many of the great captains on your side for the final battle as you can man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is cool. Yeah, the, I think somebody asked Rand, "Why don't you just do what you did in Ilian or Tyr and just take over?" And he's he's basically because like, there's no power structure anymore. Yeah. Because Grendel has totally fucked this place. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, yeah, that's what happens in places like this. Yeah. That's what made me think of you know Afghanistan or yeah. or uh, Iraq, right? They they, they debath the whole country, and all of a sudden there's no there's no structure to run it. Yep. Yeah. So there's lots of talking here about the great captains. 
which yeah. I guess is a well-known thing. That's that's funny. I thought well, that was just a thing Land said. It's well known, and apparently, yeah, it's well known enough that the Shanshan know about it, right? Like the oh. that that general who died in the last chapter. It's like, oh, you're one of the great captains. It's, you know. So is there like a voting board? I, I was wondering, like, is there a licensing? And is, is there an open seat now that Nial is dead? Oh, that's a good question. Well, it spans all of Randland. Those guys are all from different places. That's a good point. So, yeah, yeah. 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 I wonder. Yeah. I just wonder what the qualifications are. You know? Yeah, maybe you have to win a certain number of battles or something. I right, I, I think you probably, it's like the admiralty. Someone has to die. Yeah, well, you know who's going to take that spot? Oh, it's got to be Matt. It's yeah. going to be Matt, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the greatest captain. He's like a thousand great captains. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a bucket full of great captains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, this is, you know, trucking right along. Yeah. Chapter eight. Clean shirts. Icon of some mice? Yeah. I looked it up and the mice represent The mice, mice. in the bed. Mice? Yeah, no, just mice. Just yeah. mice. Yeah, I well, looked it up because everything else like explains what it is, and this just said fucking mice. Well, it's because in this chapter... <laughs> mice. In this, about mice. No, chapter. yeah, it was, Swan is like, I'm going to put mice in this bed. Like, that's a thing. Here. I like to imagine they've had that one on deck since, like, book one, but just mice have never come up. <laughs> mice, especially when hidden in bed sheets. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> so, we cut in with uh, Swan Sanche. Who's Who also has, thinking about storms? Yeah, she has an opinion about storm yeah. clouds. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I love that her thoughts about storms are purely couched within the context of fishing metaphors. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think Robert Jordan wrote all those like fishing metaphors out ahead of time for Brandon Sanderson, or do you think Brandon Sanderson thought of his own? I imagine that the reason it took Robert Jordan so long to write the books is because whenever he sat down to write, just fishing stuff came out. <laughs> there's just pages and pages and pages of it uh-huh. sitting around. There's like an entire journal just like scrawled fishing metaphors. Yeah, like a silver pike chasing a grunter in the shallows. <laughs> yeah. It's like a hundred pages of it. Yeah. So, yeah, she, Swan, uh, Swan is working Lelaine, who is gathering power among the rebel Aes Sedai in Egwene's absence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems, so there, there's this struggle, this balance between Lelaine and Ramonda that Swan's been trying to, to maintain, right? Where, yeah. Where no one wins, but Lelaine is winning. Yeah, she's pulling, pulling ahead, so yep. gotta watch out. And Swan is kind of into her new, like, power bottom status. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting thought like like essentially swan is able to maneuver more effectively in the kind of work that she's doing now because nobody takes her seriously which i, yeah. I think is an interesting point right yeah but she's, she's we, like ballware now we talked exactly yeah we talked before about how the these people are stupid for discounting swan because the things that made her such an amazing omelette even though yes she was strong in the power and that was why people like you know, put her up in the first place. But the reason she was so effective is because of her 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 networking and her her maneuvering. And now she's continuing to do that. And yeah. I guess in a way she's even better at it because nobody notices. Yeah, it's because she's using the Aes Sedai blindness where mm-hmm. they, they they see her low power level and think she can't be important against them. Yeah. So to add that to the list of reasons that this 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 way of ranking people is stupid. Right. Uh, I, I want to point out this chapter has a ridiculous number of fishing metaphors. There's so many. Like it turns <laughs> this out is, this that, is what it's like in Swan's head. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it turns out that all along, every time that Swan says a fishing metaphor, there are ten of them that are lurking in the back of her head. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she's actually like working really hard not to use more fishing metaphors. <laughs> and so Lelaine offers to buy her debt from Gareth Bryan. 
But Swan says, no way. Mm-hmm. She's into it. Yeah, because I uh, I need uh, to spy him. But not because he's doing anything wrong. He's not. A piece yeah, of, he's, he's a great guy. A great he's guy. the best guy. He's so wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, it might be useful if someone could like, hear what he's talking about and stuff. And, yeah. and she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Sure, I guess that's a it's good reason. It's not gracefully done. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I buy this. This is the same thing as before, that she feels like she's so much freer now that she's a servant. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a little weird. But whatever. Yeah. But, but they I, need her to be okay with it. Because she has to be an ally to Egwene. Yeah, true. true. Yeah. Yeah. But and yeah, it's just, so the, the real reason is because she's in love with Gareth Bryan. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she finally heads over to Gareth Bryan and they have a talk. For once, like, this, you know, I talk bad about Brandon Sanderson, but boom, look at this. People talking about what they're thinking. Yes. Having a conversation. Forwarding their like, relationship. Yeah, I was, like, this is a healthy relationship conversation, right? Which yeah. I, I, it is hard to find those in Robert Jordan's previous books, so. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is he- great. Healthier than green willow reeds in, in the rushes of the dock yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lionfish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, essentially he's like, He's asking her about her generous interpretation of the oath that she made. Right. And Swan, like, tells him. She tells him the whole yeah. deal from the beginning, you she know? Tells more than we knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, she tells him about how the she's one of the, the two people that were carrying the knowledge of a prophecy about the Dragon Reborn, and that she had sworn an oath to, you know, set the Dragon Reborn up and make him able to win the last battle, and that that oath superseded Gareth Bryan, the oath to Gareth Bryan. And also, we found out that, like, the... Amarlin seat that received the oath also was killed by the Black Aja and which has the... been hinted at several times actually but now this is the first time hearing it yeah she just stated. says it straight up yeah I don't think Robert Jordan would have done that I don't no. think he would have written that conversation right but it's good it right? is Great. yeah and Gareth Bryan like oh I get it uh, so do you want me to like release you from your debt so you can go continue saving the world and she's like no 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 I'm into it <laughs> <laughs> actually what she says is I'll let you go when I'm done with you which I thought was kind of a, a nice turnaround you know? <laughs> yeah and so and it's it's good like this progress. These, yeah, I think these crazy kids are going to make it work. Yeah, I, I mean it it, it 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 represents a clear shift in their relationship to something that's more like uh, equitable. They're like they're you know they were they were always equals in their own way, but now it's like upfront. You know, yeah, but I appreciate it. Then Swan goes to sleep and meets Egwene in the dream and gives her some updates. Yeah, apparently she's really behind on the news. I don't know how... It's difficult to gauge passage of time, and I know that Egwene hasn't actually been in the, the White Tower that long. Yeah, but it's been nine days, right? Yeah, but a lot has happened in those nine days, apparently. Yeah. yeah well, this uh, I guess the stuff that happened at the end of the last book happened in the last three days, because they've been meeting every three days. Right. And so Swan tells her that they've outed Halima as a, a Forsaken who can channel the male uh, half of the sight or the power. And Egwene takes it... Way more in stride than she should have. Yeah, yeah. like all of it from the, from start to finish, like the Ashaman deal, like the cleansing of 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 Sidon, like all of it. It's just like okay, cool. She just takes it in stride, which yep. is, I guess the yeah the Ashaman deal. Like, Egwene does call it an atrocity, yeah. which I thought was a little strong. Egwene, come well, on. Well, I mean, I, I think they, they do some bad things. The Aes Sedai. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, but I think I think she's talking more about the bonding by force, which I think they the even. Even the other way, they, they think that's horrible, right? Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Also, yeah. I think we need her to start representing the institution. She's not just Egwene anymore. Mm, yeah. That's true. True. And let's see. 
and the Egwene allows them to how, you know, these, you know, the problems outside can can deal with those later because things are going so great inside the White Tower. Yeah. Everything's going according to plan. Yeah, I, I, uh, I get it, right? Like, it's what she's doing in the White Tower is probably way more fun than dealing with, like, the, the drama and politics of the, of the rebel Aes Sedai. Yeah. Uh, it, which, so far, it sounds like it's been awfully frustrating. Yep. But and she makes a good point. Like, this whole thing with Lelaine, right? Like, I didn't think about it this way until she said it, but I think it's, it makes sense. Essentially, Lelaine is drawing all of her authority from Egwene. So as long as Egwene comes back, then... Right. Then, yeah. great. then Lelaine great. Is, is, yeah. is on her side in everybody's eyes. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the little bit where Swan mentions her, her new idea that she enjoys having less power because it gives her more freedom. And Egwene is like... Less power? <laughs> I do not understand that at all. <laughs> uh, no, it just you just went right past me with that one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then Swan goes back to Gareth Bryan's tent uh, with whom she is in love. Yeah. Yeah, and decides not to put mice in his bed. Right, that's love. That's love right there. <laughs> not putting mice in your, your, your partner's bed. So, that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 9 through 13 of The Gathering Storm. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That is Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We, we love, love hearing from you. <laughs> Sorry, I was getting to the next chapter. Sure. Okay. Um, Do you want to say that again? We love hearing from you. Oh, is that how you can say it? <laughs> <laughs> Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially on iTunes. Please see how you can support us at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the the light light illumine you. you.